lately I've really been thinking a lot about just like empowerment in terms of, you know, feeling good in your own skin and Mm -hmm. not allowing like this, you know, not having this idea of when I lose 10 pounds or when I accomplish this, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to feel good in my skin, but like feel good in your skin now. Mm -hmm. And that's been when I'm visualizing my, like the growth of my practice. Like I really want it to be about that, you know, and, and the self-love piece and, um, that feeling good in, in your skin, of course is, is helped by, you know, taking good care of yourself, but it's, it's, um, it's a more holistic thing that occurs through all these different ways. And I just feel like I wasn't, I didn't feel good in my skin ever until, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, I remember like the first time I wore a bathing suit and I felt good. I was like 30. And I was like, oh my God, I've never, ever actually felt this way. Hmm. And, and I, and it made me like so happy, but also so sad, Yeah, you know, yeah. like, and I know that so many women, so I, that's something I thought we could talk about is just like yeah. feeling good in your own skin. Okay. I love that. I am so excited to bring to you a very, very special guest today on the Empowered by Design podcast. I am here with Junie Boucher. I cannot wait to introduce you to Junie. First, I'm going to read a little bit about her, and then we are going to jump right in and talk about lots and lots of fun things. Junie Boucher is a nutritional therapy practitioner and meditation teacher. She specializes in hormone balance and breast cancer survivorship. As a survivor of breast cancer and Hashimoto's disease, Junie is living proof that a holistic approach to health can heal. She has a virtual nutritional therapy practice in Portland, Oregon, where she specializes in breast cancer survivorship and hormone balance. She is also a member of the Rose City Sexual Health Collective, where she works with other sex-positive practitioners to enable people to feel sexy in their skin. Ooh, I love that. Welcome to the podcast, Empowered by Design. I'm your host, Dr. Liz, a licensed psychologist and owner of Visionistas by Design Wellness Boutique in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. This podcast is about the power of connection and a proactive approach to mental health and overall wellness. It's about finding and owning your power right now and using it for good by nurturing the connection of body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit. Empowered by Design podcast delivers psychological concepts and practical strategies with a real life approach. Designed to empower health and wellness, optimal performance, authentic connection with yourself and others, and purposeful, joyful living. Be well, live empowered, dream design deliver. Junie and I share a passion for empowering women. And Junie says that so many people live the majority of their life uncomfortable in their bodies. I truly believe that when we support ourselves with whole food nutrition, mindfulness, and a lot of self-love, that we can achieve incredible joy. It is my mission to help women and men feel lovingly connected to their bodies and have the energy to pursue their dreams. Ooh, welcome, Junie. I'm so glad to have you here. I love, love, love reading that stuff. Thanks, Liz. I'm so happy to be talking with you today. Me too. Me too. Um, so as I I just love having guests on, on this podcast, I thank you so much for being a, a guest on the Empowered by Design podcast. I think if you are here listening and you've been here before, welcome. You can already tell just by what I've read in this short uh, bio and empowerment info, just how much Junie and I overlap in our passion, our mission, our vision for love and health and wellness. And, um, And so I'm so, so very excited to have you here. Thank you. Yes. I, I, you're so easy to talk to. I'm sure we're going to have plenty of, uh, stuff to talk about today. (laughs) So 
when we first met, I'm going to tell how we connected. Sure. We connected in our group coaching program as coaches. And when I joined, coach it was co- coaches. <laughs> So Everybody needs a coach, right? Yes. Everybody needs a coach. And I've I've absolutely learned that lesson over the past couple of years as an entrepreneur, but a new, you know, starting a business. Um, I, I'm a psychologist and I did not get business education <laughs> in my yeah. training. We were just taught how to be a psychologist. So for sure, I have learned so much in the in, in our collective that we are together. And with Sean Miner, um, when I joined, it was called Unstuck Entrepreneur. Now it's called Holistic Business Starter. Um, and immediately when, so each time new members come in to the group, Sean has done a wonderful job establishing community connection um, and a space for us to connect together and share our dreams, our passion, our mission, and also help each other, support each other, yes. ask questions. And I love um, I, th- I think when new people come, it's just fun to tell who you vibe with. And I felt that connection really immediately when we met. Definitely. Yeah. And, and just props to Sean. I've been a fan of hers for many years. I've done a lot of her programs and I just think she's a wonderful person. And I'm so grateful for the connections I've made with you and, and so many other awesome, you know, holistic well, I mean, I guess there's so many different people that come into her groups and everybody has really brought some wonderful energy and perspective. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. We, we read, mm-hmm. uh, we heard about you in the bio, mm-hmm. um, new things are happening that I've, you know, <laughs> saw on social media, we chatted a little yes. bit about, but so mm-hmm. tell us, um, yeah, tell us about what you do and we will go from there. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I have been, um, well, I'm, I'm a California native, California girl through and through. And I, when I was in high school, uh, I, I was, I'm a singer and I was doing a lot of, um, singing, like uh, sometimes up to four hours a day because I was in plays and voice lessons and all this stuff. And I noticed it, I was having, like, I kept clearing my throat. And so I went to the doctor and they found a nodule in my thyroid and discovered, you know, after testing and stuff that I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And I kind of knew that was coming. It, It was something that was in our family. And, um, so it wasn't like a huge surprise. It just felt really young. And, mm-hmm. um, for, for whatever reason, it made me want to start exploring health a bit more. I was a kid that, you know, I was kind of a latchkey kid and literally I feel like my goals in life were about like how much TV I could watch and how much candy <laughs> I could buy at the corner store. <laughs> like I, it was, yeah, I was, I mean, my, my mom fed us well, but I just, you know, we were on our own a lot. So I wasn't a very good eater. And I started studying nutrition, just reading books and stuff. It became this passion for me. I felt like I could, I just was gobbling up this information. Um, and so, you know, friends and family were always like, why don't you go into nutrition? And I actually was pursuing other things. I, I studied acting in college. I was doing voiceover work. I mean, that was kind of my other dream doing professionally singing and stuff, but the nutrition was always on, on the back burner. And it was always another passion. Um, you know, I decided at one point that I didn't feel like I could give what was required of me to pursue the performing arts lifestyle. Mm. It, it felt kind of lonely to me. Like, cause so anyway, I, I started doing other jobs. Um, I was able to reverse, well, to kind of put my Hashimoto's into remission through nutrition, which was really incredible. And then um, I had another curveball at the age of 41, where I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so immediately I kind of went to the food and lifestyle stuff and really took a look at things. I mean, I think with any health journey, even the most dedicated 
healthy individual has detours. You know, there are periods where you cycle in and out of your nourishing behaviors. Mm. And, um, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize about, um, you know, most people, even health professionals, it's like, nobody's perfect. (laughs) You know, there's, there are periods of time where you're just going to be a little bit off and you have to constantly adjust. That's the thing about health is like, there's no finish line. You don't get to like figure it out because it's just, your needs are constantly changing anyway. But, um, no, I love, I I'm sorry. I love that because I do think we are people who look for that finish line and that's the frustrating part is like, wait, (laughs) why do I still have to pay attention to what I eat? You know, or why, or why does what I'm eating now not work for me in the same way that, yeah, it's, we are constantly oh, changing, and especially women yeah, throughout our lives. Absolutely. Different yeah. With seasons. exercise and food and stress management. I mean, it's just all evolving. Um, and I think, yeah, people don't realize that mm-hmm. it's like, well, I, I found keto and I did this, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm a big fan of keto. Actually. I know a lot of people don't like keto. I think keto is a great tool, but you know, Keto is, is great for certain situations. And then, you know, if your life changes, it might not be the best thing for you. You just have to be willing to adjust (laughs) anyway. So, um, I, you know, luckily I did beat, I did beat the breast cancer. Um, but it was one of those things where I really kind of took stock of my life. Um, I firmly believe breast cancer and any kind of health crisis is, um, an opportunity for people to really take stock of how they are treating their body, Hmm. maybe what they're repressing, if they're doing too much. And I just, I had a great job. I didn't love the job. I didn't hate the job. Um, but I could feel in my being that I was ready to leave that job. It was, I had done it for six years and, um, you know, made good money, but then I, um, lockdown happened 2020. And I said, you know what? I don't want, I, I want to live a life. I want to live a life of my own design. And mm. I said, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to study nutrition. I'm going to follow this path. And, uh, and I, I, you know, got certified as a nutritional therapy practitioner, which was inspired in part by Sean minor, um, who was my NTP. And, um, I just really liked the approach and, uh, And yeah. And then I, I, um, it took me about a year before I was ready to take the leap into full time. And, uh, and that's where I am now. I mean, now I've been, I'm coming up on a year of, so the second year of my business, um, because of my own experiences with breast cancer and thyroid hormone stuff, I'm just really drawn to the hormone balance. And I'm also drawn to, as a woman who was diagnosed with breast cancer at a bit of a younger age, um, and I am single, unmarried, no children. Like, I I feel like there's a whole community of needs that I try to address in my practice and in my, I also have a podcast, it's called Tata Cancer. And it's- I love it. (laughs) It's focused on, you know, the issues and healing- that occurs after a breast cancer diagnosis for the, for all women or all men and women who are diagnosed with, but specifically with the younger community, you know, like a lot of women after mastectomy, what do you do if you're single and you need to bring that up, you know, when, yeah. with somebody new that you're dating, it's how do you reclaim your, your sexuality? And I started doing stuff with my friend, Christine, who is a clinical sexologist. And we had a podcast. We're working on some workshops for just like reclaiming your body as a, you know, breast cancer survivor. Maybe you lost a breast that's for some people losing an erogenous zone. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe you, you just have a lot of body image issues and, um, how do you support yourself? nutritionally and, you know, stress management wise, and also, you know, what kind of things can you do from a sexual health perspective is sort of what she covers. And so 
I loved working with her so much. She started this sexual health collective and said, you know, we need somebody to help people because I don't think a lot of people realize that your general health really ties into your sexual function, but also your sexual desire. If you don't feel good in your body, if you have a terrible body image, it can be really hard to get out of your head, but there are other factors that play a part, um, especially for men in terms of, you know, if, if you have bad circulation or, um, you know, issues with your weight and, or your diabetic stuff like that, that can really affect your sexual function. So it just kind of worked out that way that, um, they wanted somebody to start, uh, supporting their clients in that way. And so I'm starting that this is all brand new. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. I have a virtual practice, so I take clients everywhere, but I'm going to be moving up to Portland to just be closer to the collective. And, um, I'll be able to do live workshops, um, with some of the other practitioners who are licensed therapists and sexologists and sex coaches. And, um, they have a, a pelvic floor specialist, and I think they're looking for an acupuncturist. They, I can say we, yes. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, then there's me who just, he's going to talk about, you know, and, and I guess another thing, I hope this isn't going on too long, but another thing I've just been thinking a lot about is, um, you know, just approaching all this stuff holistically, mm-hmm. you know, there are things that you can do hormones you can take, which, you know, no shame in, in that approach, but I don't think a lot of people realize that there are a lot of little tweaks you can do in your lifestyle and diet that allow you to reverse those things without the need for taking pharmaceuticals that have side effects and potential risks involved. So it's not the quick fix, but the great thing about it is that the benefits are, they will ripple into every area of your life when you handle from the inside in a holistic manner, because if you have better energy and you are sleeping well and your skin looks good because you're drinking water and eating good food and it just, it's just going to radiate, you know? And so I'm excited to help people. Um, yeah, in that way. And, and I definitely love supporting breast cancer survivors because there's a lot that you don't, um, once you finish treatment, it's kind of like, okay, don't, don't let it come back. <laughs> and you're mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> so, so there's, there's that, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, there is, there's a lot going on. And I love, um, so much of what, of what you said in, in that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of those pieces <laughs> of your journey and your story and where your, where your passion comes from. And I love hearing that. I, one of the things that stands out is that, um, well, I want to say the name of your podcast again, Tata (laughs) Cancer, go find it, listen to Junie, bring your tissue box because (laughs) you are real. And I love that about you, um, authentically real. And I, I have to say, when I listened to, you know, the very first episode of your story, I, I, had to do it in a, in like pause. I had to pause and like compose Aww. myself. Um, because it's a beautiful story. I again, love your authenticity and you really go into the, the different layers that have, that come when you are given that diagnosis, right? The, mm. the, the, the news, the, the shock, the grief, the, just all mm-hmm. of it. It is, and then uh, it's so empowering. So for any, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing it. Um, so part of why it was also emotionally imp- powerful for me is that my mom is a breast cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. So I was in, if she was in her early fifties when she uh, found the lump and it was, you know, it was just devastating for all of us. And, and she's a survivor. So thank God for that. Um, and so that does have, have a special place in my heart for women who have also survived, um, or women who've gone through it or are going through it now. One of the things that I Mm -hmm. would love for you to tell us more about is the breast cancer, um, the packet that you created. 
Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and you know, just like you said, I mean, there's so many, almost everybody I know knows a woman that's been diagnosed with breast mm-hmm. cancer. The statistics at this time are like one in eight women in their mm-hmm. lifetime mm-hmm. will be diagnosed. And, um, yeah, it, and it affects the entire family, not just the patient, everybody is affected. So yeah, one of the things that I did because it is so overwhelming. I don't think anybody can ever be prepared. I didn't have any genetic component or real family history. So, but I think even if you do, nobody's ever prepared to hear those words. You know, you have cancer. So one of the, I created a free resource. I have several free resources for breast cancer survivors that, um, you know, we'll we can put in the show notes, but it's called the breast cancer grounding kit. And it's essentially for this exact time when you're just so overwhelmed. And what it is, is a, it's a meditation that I created to help you feel supported and grounded. It's also a recipe for this it's just like a a soup that literally has all these ingredients that are shown to help you feel grounded. Um, and then it is, and it's something you can freeze because that's one big thing with like breast cancer um, treatments, you know, you just need healthy food on hand and it can be hard to do that. And it's also some journal prompts. So you can sit with yourself and all the tools that I know of to help you deal with that initial shock, because it's, it's going to be there for a little mm-hmm. bit. I think mm-hmm. it took me a couple weeks and, um, a lot of women that I knew during that time who had come before me in their own breast cancer journey, they said that like, just be prepared. It's going to take a couple of weeks for your system to calm down. Um, and it's actually the, the meditation, I might be re re-recording it a little bit, but the it's, it was inspired by a really beautiful moment that I actually had with my partner at the time, who was a wonderful, like such a nurturing, wonderful man. And he, I, I couldn't sleep. It was one of the first nights and we, we had actually gone to Yosemite, uh, to kind of get away and I couldn't sleep. I was just like tossing and turning and just intuitively he woke up And he, I was so scared, like even thinking about it now, I get so emotional. It's like, it was, I just felt so scared and overwhelmed because there were, there were no answers. All I knew was like, I had cancer and they thought there were like, they thought it was two different types of cancer. You know, they thought this and that they, and, um, and he just took me outside and he, we could hear this little river rushing that was right beneath the Airbnb that we were at. And he was just like, just look at the stars. And we just looked at the stars and it, it was for whatever reason, just to feel the enormity of the universe somehow and somehow connecting to the beauty of nature Hmm. with this loving partner, um, you know, who I knew was there for me and it, not everybody might have that opportunity, but I wanted to recreate the beauty of Mm. that moment in this meditation. Um, and it's themed on that and it's, it's themed on a nest and how to call in the support of, of your teachers and your loved ones to rally around you, whether they're on this plane or not Mm. in that moment. Cause that's what you need in, in, you know, in these times of crisis and, um, so that's a really special meditation for, for, for my heart. Yeah. It was like the first one I've ever created. I've created many since then. So I'm kind of like, I should go back and clean that up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was really coming from this sincere place. And, um, I hope it's useful to people. Um, but it's, yeah, that's, that's that it's, yeah, it sounds absolutely beautiful. Very, very <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Um, I remember when my mom, she was struggled a lot with sleep and i was very early i was still in school so i was doing meditations but not the way that i am now i think that another Mm -hmm. thing that we connect on is we're both teachers on insight timer app so you can find junie there as well um and i remember thinking like i i would say to her mindfulness and meditation would be so good for you and and at that point i didn't know of all these resources and so um, but I would now, I wish I knew then what I know now is, is kind of what I think about, but 
Um, so check that out too, where we can find you um, at your website. Can you tell us where we can find you? Sure. Sure. For the, for the breast yeah. cancer grounding kit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's W it's juniebewell.com. Okay. W-W-W, and there's a tab for, I think it's like free resources or freebies that you can click on and you can get to that. Um, you can download any of those things. I've got that. And I've got a, um, a couple other things there. Yeah, yeah I will definitely, and I'll put those links in the show notes too, but I like to say it out loud in case yeah. like people like me who are driving can hear it, listen to it. And then if they need to go find it in the show notes, they have it in both places. Um, another thing that, that I would love to hear your perspective on is mm-hmm. recognizing how this life experience, not this one, not only the breast cancer, um, diagnosis and journey to become a survivor, but also the Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. Um, these are things that happened, and then s- there was a reaction, right? Something had to happen mm-hmm. that you you said I went back to food, um, mm-hmm. but so there was a part. Part of it was a reaction to f- mm-hmm. go back to food and kind of go back to that um, that space of health and wellness, but it, it didn't start there. You had already started this journey in a proactive way, Mm -hmm. um, of being healthy, being well, paying attention to what, what your body needs and wants and and needs to feel good. So that when then something happened, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like all of a sudden I'm scrambling to find answers. You were Mm -hmm. able to rely on things that you had already done in a proactive way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, I definitely have not been perfect (laughs) in my health. I think I'm healthier now than I ever have been, but, um, you know, just no seeing the power of food. I think it's can be an abstract concept for some people to understand that, you know, you, you really are, we are affected. We are affected by, the way we nourish ourselves and, um, the foods that we eat. And it affects not only your weight or your skin, but it affects your mood. It affects your ability to handle stress. And it's the, the thing that bums me out sometimes is that sometimes it does take a health crisis for people to see or, or go to these things, whatever way you find your way there is okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, having that background and knowing like I can support myself, I can, I can bolster my ability to handle crisis by taking good care of myself. And that is just a wonderful tool to start from. Um, and instead of beating yourself up or going into victim mode of, you know, why did this happen to me or, or what did I do? you know, to create this issue, just saying, okay, I'm going to have to realign here. And, and, um, you know, that was, that was a big thing because looking at, well, what are some of the factors? And I think in my opinion with, with breast cancer specifically, and even, you know, Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease. So many people have Hashimoto's, um, you know, environmental factors, play a big part. Like we, we are so, there's so many endocrine disruptors that we encounter on a day-to-day basis, like receipt paper ink, or, you know, Mm -hmm. the plastic lid that you drink your Starbucks out of. And (laughs) it can be overwhelming to go down that rabbit hole, but there is a lot household cleaning products. There are so many ways that we can kind of try to eliminate some of the toxins in our life, but almost more importantly than anything else, a lot of it, I think is, is about how you talk to yourself, the environments that you're in. Like, do you hate your job? Are you in a Mm. terrible relationship that makes you feel bad about yourself? Like, these are all things that, that are toxic, you know? So beyond food and stress management exercise, like looking at the way we are living our lives and are we happy I think those are really important places to look to. I don't know if that answers the question. But. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it really does because I, I've been feeling personally and professionally and even just in my universal kind of connection with 
seeing people on social media and, and just different places, there is this energy around what you're saying of mm -hmm. like taking inventory, take yeah. time. And I say it all the time. I say, pause, reflect. And mm -hmm. um, I know that I have to be better at doing that myself. But rather than waiting for a crisis to occur or something to force us to shut down and pause like we all experienced a few years ago, to be able to plan that in and say, okay, let me take some inventory. What are exactly what you said? How, what are the big areas of my life that I am putting out energy towards my job, mm -hmm. my relationship, my, um, you know, driving, the, driving here, driving there, the things that mm -hmm. I'm con putting energy into, and then the things that are building me up, filling me up with energy. And I yeah. need to find balance, right? So as a people, as a collective, it's an invitation to say, okay, <laughs> how do I do this, right? Yes. We need to make the time mm -hmm. um, to do it in order to find find out, be able to sit with the, ourselves in those moments and say, what is, what is extra that I am putting out that is not bringing me back any positive or or is not in line with my values so maybe really yes. thinking of it as a value inventory a value energy inventory of of just taking the time to do that because when you do then things come to the surface that then you can say oh i didn't know this until i took the time totally i couldn't i couldn't agree with you more like and that's one thing i tell people in terms of the stress management is like we can't we can't just quit our jobs and, you know, give our children to the wolves. <laughs> like, you know, the, I mean, I, like we, we, we have responsibilities. There are stressors in life. We can't control the, the global pandemic, you know, we have, but we have to change our relationship to stress and we have to counterbalance our stresses and, or yeah, our relationships, do they nourish us is, is, you know, and that's a, that's a really hard one for a lot of people, mm -hmm. as, you know, especially if you, yeah, if you consider yourself like a really loyal person, um, you know, but being protective of, of your energy, that's been a big lesson for me as, as a middle-aged woman. And I think a lot of middle-aged women kind of start going through that where you're less of a people pleaser <laughs> and you start to protect your energy a little bit more. And I think that's a huge part of being empowered. Oh, I love it. You know, that. is and letting and understanding that letting go mm. of these things that don't fill your cup. Yes. Um it, it's preach it. <laughs> you know, no, it, it's it can be the yeah. kindest thing for everybody mm. involved. And another concept that I feel like I learned in the last couple of years that was really powerful for me is that, you know, there, there are kind ways to communicate your needs and your boundaries, but trying to protect others from their own discomfort oh. is actually not beneficial. You know, yeah. there are ways to diplomatically say things and that's an art form in itself, but you know, people it's growth, like discomfort is an opportunity for growth. And, um, whether it's you having discomfort, communicating your own boundary or them having discomfort, hearing that you need to extract a boundary, like that's not your job to protect them from in. It's important that people have the opportunity to experience and deal with those feelings. Because yeah. as a society, I think one of the biggest problems we have in America is not sitting with our, we don't know how to sit with our feelings. And we feel like if we have sadness or anger or discomfort in any way, we eat, drink, spend, or like stream our way <laughs> out of it. Right. Yeah. Like how stream, do we, yes. how do we sit with our discomfort? That's that's a lesson I feel like has taken me so long to learn. I struggle with all the time. And, uh, but it, it is really powerful when you, when you figure that out, like yeah, how to, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, that concept of <clears throat> all of it, all of what you just said, the protecting ourselves and not feeling that sense of responsibility to take 
take ownership of someone else's feelings, um, mm -hmm. to be able to speak our truth and recognize, yeah, it might be uncomfortable for that person to hear. And if I don't say it, then I'm putting that on myself. I'm putting mm -hmm. that potential for resentment um, and, you know, pleasing someone else at, at my expense. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about how very, when we think about setting boundaries and how part of love is setting boundaries. A really mm -hmm. important part of love is saying, here's where my, my limit is. Um, this is where I'm, this is the, this is the line. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and then inviting and I, I want to say demanding the respect of the, of those boundaries, but it mm -hmm. also creates safety and trust, right? So even when, when we're thinking about it, whether it's a romantic relationship or we're teaching our children, this is a boundary. Yeah. Um, it's needed in order to create that sense of trust and safety that we have and enjoy in relationships. So yeah. rather than avoid it, it's important to recognize the balance of setting them. Yeah. That that's the ironic thing about boundaries and it can be so hard, especially when you're first starting to do that for yourself. Like it feels so uncomfortable, but then it gets easier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when you clearly communicate, clearly communicating your boundaries is actually an act of kindness. Mm -hmm. Like give people the parameters and then enforce them because you know, if you're wishy-washy about boundaries, or if you expect somebody to read your mind <laughs> about your boundary, like that's, that's asking for trouble. And I, it, it, it really is helpful. It might feel uncomfortable in the interim, but it, it does, it does help. Yeah. And if somebody is not willing to respect your boundaries or uncapable, then you know, that's not a healthy relationship for you. Everything kind of becomes clear. Yeah. That's part of the inventory, taking inventory. Yes. yes. So tell us, I am so intrigued by this new development. Uh, you're new, you're <laughs> moving the last. So when we mm -hmm. were preparing for this podcast, we were talking about LA because I had been in LA and now you're moving out of Cali to Oregon. <laughs> um, but it sounds like it is I, I want to come with you. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah, you like an, am, an amazing <laughs> opportunity. Tell us a little bit about what you'll be doing. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I, you know, Portland, I actually have a lot of friends who live in Portland, like, and just like really soulful, wonderful people that I love. And Portland itself, if you've never been, is just gorgeous. I mean, Oregon, the Pacific Northwest. I mean, I'm from Northern California and I, nothing comforts me like a redwood tree, mm. <laughs> but, um, so Oregon is just this lush, beautiful place. I love that Portland is really quirky. You know, everybody makes fun of Portland and California, the Bay area, but it's like, I I'm, I'm so all about it. And, um, there's a lot of waterfalls and rivers. I, I think that's another thing. Those are two of my other favorite things in this world. <laughs> it's like river inner tubing down a lazy river is one of my favorite <laughs> things. And, and of seeing a waterfall is oh, probably like one of the most healing glorious. experiences. Yes. So, yeah. So basically, um, as I mentioned previously, my friend, Christine, who's a clinical sexologist and sex coach, who, by the way, has an incredible podcast herself that I highly recommend your, your listeners and clients might really benefit from it. It's called, so I married a sexologist and it's her and her husband, um, who he's a comedian and she's a, a sexologist. They're both so funny. <laughs> they have like the most wonderful relationship and they talk about just like kind of how to communicate with your partner, um, just all elements of sexuality. And it's fantastic, but they, um, so they're up there, you know, I I've always wanted to move to Portland or I've always kind of been like, I would like it there. I am in love with LA right now, which is so ironic that I'm leaving it because <laughs> I've had a love and hate relationship with LA, <clears throat> but I love the energy of LA right now. I love the ambition of people. I love that people have dreams that they're totally going for and believing in. And I think it's really, that's a unique energy to this city. Um, you know, I've been having fun dating here and, um, I, uh, yeah, but this opportunity came up every year 
Christine goes like, you should move to Portland. I'll be like, I totally should. And then I think about it for a second and then it's like, ah, whatever. And this time I was just in a place and she said, you know, you should consider joining the collective with the sexual health collective. And, and I said, huh, that would be great because working, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's a lonely life. It's a lonely life. And, um, you know, I don't have to give up anything or any of my clients in my practice to feed into this collective. And it kind of opens up a whole new world. And I feel really aligned with their values and their mission. And it's a wonderful conversation starter to be like, I'm part of a sexual <laughs> health collective. Absolutely. People are like, wait, tell me more about this. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and they're like, I'm like, I do not have sex with, you know, I'm not a sexologist, but yeah, it's so funny the questions that come up. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, so just, it was one of those weird things where I said, you know what, I'm actually going to look at this right now. I, it's been getting so hot in Los Angeles and I live in the Valley and I don't have a pool <laughs> where I live. <laughs> and I was like, man, I am so not ready for LA summer thinking about the lush Portland weather. And, uh, and I just, you know, those times in your life when just the, the, the stars aligned, I found an apartment, I, everything just came together really fast. Wow. And, uh, I just said, you know, I'm going to go with it. I'm very unattached right now to anything and anyone. I mean, it's bittersweet because I have family here. I have four incredible little nieces that I love and adore um, that's the most, that's the hardest part for me leaving. I have friends that I adore, but you know, I have, there's, there are airplanes <laughs> I can come back. Um, and I, and I've also ironically met people in this last little stretch of time that I'm like, wow, you're so great. And, um, like, you know, friends, um, and people that I've just, yeah, it's, it's weird how, and I think it's just that energy I have an, you know, how you, when you're in an energy of, of excitement and joyfulness, and I try to stay in that energy, but I feel like it was especially heightened. Yeah. <laughs> There's just been people yeah. that are coming into my life right now. I'm like, I'm not trying to make more friends right now. I need, <laughs> I need to pack, <laughs> but I've been making these like great connections, um, with people and having so much fun and it's, it's all feeding into this joyful joyfulness. And you know how spring and summer are yes. like this, like the world wakes up and everybody's just like starry eyed and blooming. And with that extra vitamin D kick that we're mm -hmm. getting, everybody's just in this like great mood. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to, we're going to start doing some workshops. I haven't quite pinned that out, but I'll be able to, to work with more clients specifically focusing on libido is a, is a big thing that I think, um, people struggle with, especially in midlife men and women, mm -hmm. and, um, just really wanting people to know that they can rekindle desire. Um, and I'm excited to work with these therapists that, can really handle that element of working with couples and individuals on that piece, you know, um, and I can handle like, here's how to fuel your body for yeah. he hormonal health. Cause a lot of people don't know that, you know, they may be tanking their libido because they're eating a super low fat diet and doing CrossFit four times a week, you know, right. which yeah. maybe their body can't handle that. I mean, that's very stressful. Uh, so, so that's, that's what's going on in Portland. Yeah. And it really brings together so many pieces of the puzzle, right? The body obviously is an important mm -hmm. piece and, and our mental health, the mind, the, the heart, um, you talk too just about your own journey and how there's such a connection spiritually to, um, the universe and to ourselves, to our souls mm -hmm. and being able to pull all of those pieces together to help people feel good, to help people connect, to help <clears throat> people rekindle and find that intimacy. I love, I love it. And you, and yeah. you know, you know, me and, and yes. at Visionistas, we love love here. We love, yes, we love helping people nurture their relationships. Um, wherever, whatever stage of the game, whether it's dating or marriage or 
finding your own love for yourself across the board is important. And um, I'm excited to, to watch your journey and hear more about all of the fun things that you will be doing. Thanks. Yeah. I love watching what you do. And I think it's so important to nurture your relationships and, you know, you, I love, you're always posting funny stuff on social media with your <laughs> husband and it's so cute. And honestly, I'm like, uh, li- I mean, if people listening to the podcast have never seen your photo, I mean, you're such a gorgeous woman with such a beautiful energy. Mm. I'm like, I'm like what a lucky, what a lucky, her husband must adore her. And I can tell that you adore <laughs> him. Um, so I think it's so important what you're doing. And I, I, I support, I support your mission as well. Thank you. That is very <laughs> kind. He's a bit of a, um, <laughs> I don't know when you said adore. He's, 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 oh gosh, I don't even know. I wasn't expecting to talk about him. He also <laughs> doesn't like, so the, the TikTok I, on, on TikTok is where, yeah. and, and then on Instagram, um, I've posted some things, yes, very much in a trying to spread awareness in different places, like where people are and really recognizing how much time and energy we put in social media is one of these pieces of the inventory I've been doing recently. But um, every time I've tried to capture him on video, he's like, I don't want to be in your TikToks. Really? (laughs) (laughs) So I've had to sneak him in and then I show him later. But he he did graciously after a lot of convincing agree to come on the podcast with me. I think I remember that. that I, I I didn't listen to that episode. I do remember he was on. Yeah. Yes. That so go? that was, that it actually w- went amazing. Yeah. Um, and I just said, well, actually he's, he ad- asked me to send him questions uh-huh. <laughs> beforehand. Like, you know, you and I yeah. are just like, okay, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. It'll be great. And he was like, I need questions. I need an outline. And then uh-huh. during the podcast, one of the things I asked him, he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, I sent you this question. <laughs> Beforehand, what do you mean you don't know? So That's that funny. I think that is it's around. It was around February. That I I will definitely to listen link to it that. in the show notes. But it was um, meet my Valentine Chad. Yes, I yeah. remember. Okay, so I remember. It now. is a good one. It's a good episode. It was. It was a. I was nervous because it mm-hmm. obviously we come on these. You know, both of us have a podcast and we have this mission to empower other people. We have a. You know, we have knowledge and we have. Um, experience that we're coming from a place of our expertise, right? Each of us have that. And we've blended those things together to help people in a way that's real and relatable. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that's my goal, right? So yes. for me, it was a little bit like, <gasps> I'm sharing this really important part of my, like my the most important person in my life yes. um, with with people. And that was, I was a little nervous about it, but it did turn out, it did turn out well. And he's, he has, um, denied my request to come back. <laughs> I've asked, That's I've so asked funny. him and he's like, no, I told you I did it once. I'm never doing it again. I'm like, we'll see. <laughs> request denied. That's too Request funny. denied with a big fat no. Um, yes, but thank you for that. That is, um, I think it's it's interesting to be able to reflect on, like I said, we have expertise in what we've gone to school for and what we've received training for, and then certainly life experiences because our wow. we've been we've been married almost sixteen years. So wow, um, it is. When I say that, I know there's people who've been married a lot longer, but I'm proud of it. I'm very proud Absolutely. of it, especially we've had our ups time. and downs. Yeah, relationships are hard, and mm-hmm. I think what we both have said is the importance of nurturing the relationship involves nurturing yourself, setting those boundaries, not only just um, nurturing yourself from all angles, like we've, Mm -hmm. we've talked about here. And um, that would be my hope for one of the things that people get out of our talk today is really the importance of proactively taking time for Mm -hmm. yourself um, and pausing and reflecting and deciding what, what is, where do I want to be going? I love that you talked about helping people um, connect to their bodies and and their dreams and. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think I don't, I'm pretty sure we're on the same page with this, but <laughs> just the whole concept of visualizing what mm, you want yes. in, in the, in life. And we are on the same page. Yeah. I mean, yes. it's, and it's just, it's been such a powerful tool as I've, I've always been somebody that kind of had that. I, I like to daydream who doesn't like mm, to daydream. I love it. And, um, and it's been so great to visualize and really get into the details of what you want and then feeling yourself in that reality so that you can take aligned action. And, um, you know, that's, people can do that with their health. They can do that with their career, their relationships, any aspect of your life and, you know, nourishing yourself. How does that occur? Whether it's from food relationships, um, you know, joyful activities, all of those things. It's, it's important. It's important to fill your own cup. That was, yeah. You, what did, what was, um, you, my whole, my slogan, when I first started my business, cause it's Junie be well, is you have to fill, fill your well to be well. Mm. And so I've always been about like nourishment and that's, um, yeah, that's a big thing that I feel like we have a hard time with, uh, in this day and age in our, where everything is about doing more and, um, hustling yeah. all that stuff. Like it actually surprise, surprise doesn't have to be, <laughs> doesn't have to be that way. It can actually right. have ease to yes. it, yes. Um, but it takes a little bit of thinking and planning sometimes. Yes, absolutely. And the, I, I really like that you had talked about the dating, the dating piece of, mm-hmm. um, you know, after surviving a health crisis, especially mm-hmm. surviving breast cancer, that that is one of the specialties that you, that you bring with you into your work. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to be working with Christine cause she's, you know, she helps with that, um, the dating piece a lot, but I've just been really vocal about the experience. And, um, I recently, there's a a magazine called wildfire magazine that's geared towards the young breast cancer community. And one of my dreams, um, was to be a contributing writer. It's, it's all really just, you know, survivors and patients that are writing personal essays and it's very raw and genuine and like kind of everything that I, I feel like I'm about. It was a really powerful tool for me during my experience with breast cancer. And I still am a subscriber, but anyway, they have an issue about body image. And, and so I wrote an essay about the first time that I, you know, was revealed my asymmetrical breast. Cause I, I, I had a mastectomy. I lost my right breast. I did have an immediate reconstruction. Um, so there is like a mound, but, and my left side breast, I was supposed to have another surgery to make them kind of like match, which I decide I have, I, I opted out of, I mean, I can still do it whenever, but I was like, you know, what? I just don't, I don't want to touch this one. I don't want to cut mm-hmm. this one. I just wanted mm-hmm. to be, because one thing with a mastectomy that I don't think people realize is that you lose all feeling because you lose all your nerve endings. Mm-hmm. So, and it actually feels kind of weird, but you know, going from being in a relationship to being out of a relationship and then having to go back into the dating world, like, how do you approach this with people? Um, yeah, I, I wrote an essay about that experience. It was a positive one. I mean, it's a great litmus test, right. To (laughs) if a guy or girl that you're with is judgmental or weird about your, your very physical evidence of, of a challenge that you Mm -hmm. overcame. Um, and you know, I've, I've never had anybody react badly to that. I mean, not that I sound like I've, I've been showing everybody my breast, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I mean, I, I have dated a few people um, and it's, you know, everybody's been very, I think our culture actually is great about cancer. Like it's not a stigma. It's more of like a, people see it as a triumph when, when you, when you beat cancer, um, sometimes they're uncomfortable, but, um, but they, you know, um, I guess, yeah. So I, I wrote this essay, it's very raw. Um, and 
I try to bring humor to it because I think that's important. And I'm going to actually be reading it on the, um, it's called the burn. It's a podcast for wildfire magazine where they have some of the writers come on and read the, their own essay in their own voice. So I'm super excited to do that, but, um, yeah, just letting women and men know that it's, it'll be okay. Mm. It's a lot scarier in your head, probably. And that if you're confident about, you know, if you work on that self-love piece and the confidence that it can be a very empowering experience to reclaim yourself in that way. But also if you, it's an opportunity because if you aren't somebody like me, who's just like a open book type person, um, you know, how do you figure out when is the right time to talk about something like that with, with a prospective partner? How do you create the, how do you know in your heart and soul that like somebody is safe, you know, Mm. that's an opportunity for you to do that. And, um, you know, and if somebody's not, doesn't respond in the way that you want, like, how do you resolve that? It's probably more about them than it is about you. Um, but I just think these are things that need to be talked about. So I uh, have been very vocal about my own experience. And um, it's, again, not something that I feel is like a perfect journey that every day I wake up and I'm like, damn girl. <laughs> but <laughs> but I do, I, I do practice a lot of self-love and self-talk. And even self-parenting, that's been a big thing for me Mm. lately. I live Mm. by myself and I like talk to myself more than I ever have. Um, But when I'm feeling really low or whatever, I will, I literally give myself the pep talk that I feel like I need. Yeah. We're so good at pep talking to our friends. Yeah. Like what about the pep talks that you need to give yourself sometimes? I love that because I think (laughs) what, if we really do think about it, Mm-hmm. at least myself and i've been intentional about this it's recognizing we we sometimes speak way more harshly to ourselves than we ever would to oh, someone yeah. else right so i love that self pep talk idea <laughs> of really really just yeah be kind be kind to ourselves the more um that we can show ourselves kindness and self love the healthier we'll be absolutely yeah that the whole concept of self compassion like mm. how would you treat how would you treat your best friend? Cause yeah, we, yes. we don't, most of the time we are not treating ourselves the way we would our best friend. We're treating ourselves like we wouldn't treat like the worst enemy, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're so yeah. cruel. And yeah, I mean, I find it, whether it's writing in my journal, like a letter mm-hmm, to myself mm-hmm. or writing a, writing like a letter to me from my anxiety or my, you know, my anger or frustration, like giving that an opportunity to have a voice, um, that can be really helpful to, cause it usually you, you read that back and then you're like, wow, that was, um, all based in like this reality that hasn't occurred. So like, I don't need to worry about these things or assume that they're true, but also just, um, yeah, for me, literally saying things out loud, mm-hmm. even if I don't believe it, like <laughs> you, you're amazing. You're, you know, just, just, it doesn't have to be insincere, but it's, um, it, it helps. It helps it does. me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love this because it, one of the resources that I have on my website fits right in here and I'm going to talk about Ooh, it right now. Yeah. It's a free one. It's called the self-love makeover. So if you're not Ooh. sure where to start, right, there's lots of resources out there. I know there's books out there to help you with self-love. Um, Junie and I overlap on this for yes. sure. You can check out drliz.com. That's D-R-L-Y-Z.com slash makeover. And it's a free, you put your name and your email and you'll get some emails over the next few days with short little exercises, little videos, little journal prompts, uh, guided meditation is in there, but things that just get your wheels spinning on where do I start with self-love, right? Where do I, I thought I loved myself. I mean, do I need to do something to love myself, right? Yeah. But it can just 
be helpful to make time for yourself. Start your day. If you can do it in the morning, that's my number one recommendation is to just the symbolic nature of starting your day with you, right? Because I think as women, um, we tend to save ourselves for last um, when it comes to time and energy, if we're not as intentional because we're caring for others and um, going to work and doing all the things. And then if there's any time left at the end of the day, we spend maybe a little bit on ourselves. But the shift for me a few years ago really occurred when I said, I am going to start my day with me. And mm. um, even if it's just a few minutes, it really has has helped helped me a lot. So check that out, Dr. I love Liz. that. Makeover. Yeah. And I think, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I just, I, I think that's so awesome. Cause yeah, like you hear this abstract, like practice self-love, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, where, where do I start? So knowing that that's a very like tangible thing, that's, that sounds like a great resource. Yeah. Well, tell us where we can find you. So we, we, we know we can t- tell us all the things, even though you already said your website, cause I yeah. want, um, yeah, people to know where they can find you. Definitely. The Tata Uh cancer I love so much. I was just (laughs) telling my friend about it the other day. I love that you are so passionate and you are, um, yeah. So, okay. Tata cancer is your, is your podcast on any fun platform. Yeah. You can love to listen. It's all there. Um, there's that there's, um, my profile, Junie Boucher on insight timer for free meditations, my website, juniebewell.com. I'm on TikTok. Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, <laughs> Junie be well. And, and the Liz, Liz will have the links in the show notes. And on that self-love piece, I actually have a free resource too, Ooh. that you can get on my website. It's the self-love dance party playlist. <gasps> yes! And, which, yes. Yeah. Which combines two things that I love, which is habit stacking. So, which is the concept is that, you know, if you combine two things, um, what this would be exercise because if it's, it's literally just like this playlist of songs that are like that hype you up Mm -hmm. and that are all themed around self-love and just, I don't know, for me, when I listen to music, but some of these songs, like I love Lizzo and all Mm -hmm. these great, like very empowering, um, musicians, I feel a shift energetically and, um, you know, and, and with exercise, sometimes that can be hard, but it doesn't have to mean you need to go to the gym or lift weights, like moving your body in a, in a, any way, or maybe it's just like what you use to do your household chores, something like that. So that's on the website too, the self-love dance party playlist, and it's a free resource. So yeah, I think those are all the places that you can find me, um, for now or at the, you know, Rose city sexual health mm-hmm. collective that's up in Portland. So we'll yes. make sure that that's linked in the show notes for sure. Yay. Yeah. And we would love to invite you to share this episode. Please, please, please. Um, The way that I have, the way that I connected even with Sean Miner was one of my very best friends forwarded forwarded me a podcast episode and said, I think this is right up your alley. (laughs) Thank you, Meredith. I always thank her forever. Um, And I listened and I'm like, yes, this is for me. So this may be that that life-changing episode that you send to one of the people that you love because we're just, there's not one way. There's not one way mm-hmm. to feel well, to live life to the, the most fullest amount of um, joy and balance that you can achieve. But this is one way. Mm-hmm. We have provided lots of resources that are tangible, and we hope that you have enjoyed our talk and felt some empowerment too through through our through our energy and our connection. Yes, yes, absolutely. Share, yeah. share, all share. share, and if you can share too, listener. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you, thank you so much, Junie. I have had a blast again chatting with you, and um, I thank you for your time and your energy, and thank you so much for your amazing story and your willingness to share it with us to help us as well. I, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. If you have been here before, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. If you are new, thank you for tuning in. Welcome. And I hope you will come back for more. 
subscribe to this podcast, the Empowered by Design podcast with me, Dr. Liz, if you are not already subscribed. And I cannot wait to connect with you next time. Take care. Thank you for connecting on this episode of the podcast, Empowered by Design. For further connection, subscribe to my email list at drliz.com to be sure that you are in the loop for exciting news, events, and resources. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Liz and at Visionistas by Design. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and send this episode to one of your people in order to share the love, spread the power. This podcast is designed to inspire, educate, and empower you to pursue your dreams with intentional vision. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for psychological treatment or a working relationship with a licensed mental health professional. For more information on connecting with mental health resources in your area, visit drliz.com and click on resources. Thank you again for connecting. And remember, trust the heart, work your vision, dream, design, deliver.